0: Good and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David Brown and I'm one of the ministers in Dolby Anglican Parish. We are a church who is passionate about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. If you'd like to learn more about our church or donate to the work of our church, please visit anglicandolby.org.au. Today's sermon focuses on the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verses 15, through to chapter 2, verse 9. And the sermon is by Reverend Ian Harris. Haggai, chapter 1, verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began work on the house of the Lord Almighty their God. On the twenty-fourth day of the sixth month, in the second year of King Darius, on the twenty-first day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea, and the dry land. I will shake the nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Differently today that instead of preaching on the gospel reading, we've taken instead the first reading from the Old Testament from the Prophet Haggai. I thought that at least we should begin by setting the scene that the Prophet Haggai addressed. A remnant of God's people had returned to their holy city of Jerusalem from their exile in Babylon. Through their leaders, God had instructed them to re-establish their lives there and to rebuild the temple. The temple that had been destroyed by the Babylonians some decades before. The temple that they destroyed was the magnificent temple that Solomon built. The one they were going to rebuild would be nothing like this dream. That started but for various reasons had become disheartened. The work had stopped. So God sends them to urge them into action to encourage them in spirit and to reassure them that his glory would be seen in their midst. For the temple in fact was not just a place of worship was indeed a sign that God was with his people. Throughout the ages, temples, churches and houses of worship have been built to God's glory, even this one. We look at the foundation stone and the first words we read to the glory of God. There's much grander churches We can look to St. John's Cathedral and we can look at this one.
0: As Margaret and Susan and I
1: came across this church in the city of Constance in the Swiss German border, built long before settlement in Australia was ever considered. When we walked inside, we noticed that it was very highly decorated. Many religious signs and symbols. All magnificent works of art, all done to the glory of God. But it contrasted sharply with many of the churches we've seen in rural Australia. Some in towns, some standing alone in fields on farms, many no longer used. Some have been recycled to serve other purposes but some have just been abandoned to the elders. And as I reflected on all of these houses of God that we've seen, I thought, what's missing? In essence, these places are really just buildings, like Haggai's temple and all the other churches I could think of. What is it that gives life to these houses of God? Soon the answer came. It's the people. The faithful people of God who have come in times past and who still come in the present to worship God and share fellowship with Him. It is the people who are the true house of glory, a spiritual building in the hearts and the minds of those who live by faith in God. But our history is studded with people who do not understand the full nature of the spiritual life, or the timeliness of God in the spiritual realities. They grow impatient, take it upon themselves to initiate a system of beliefs and advocate a state of life and living and grows out of their own dreams and visions. One example. George Bernard Shaw, playwright, critic, political activist for the first half of the last century, well known for this following statement. Another quote You see things, you say, why? But I dream of things that never were, and I say, why not? His dreams seem very attractive these ideas were taken up by countless others. In time these ideas permeated every level of national and personal life. They have been and still are a predominant force driving what's happening around us today. And have brought us to where we are in national and communal life. But these ideas, now so popular, have no place for truth is reduced to a matter of popular opinion. We now have a nation that's becoming increasingly godless. Successive generations have been weaned away from the religious life, and society is beginning to openly persecute Christians who challenge popular opinion with the truth God has revealed. Without God, a dream that seems so good is often little in the way of spiritual comfort. And sustainable hopes and dreams of a meaningful future are at best becoming just wishful thinking, and worse, figures of the imagination. For lofty ideals and human aspiration alone will fail us. For it is, as the psalmist says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders who labor in vain. But despite what the world believes or says, the truth is that God is real. God is still God. God is alive and active in this world. And God will not be mocked. And continually raises up men and women of vision and faith, who, like the prophets of old, rather the faithful, call those who have wandered off back to God and point all people toward the destiny that God has prepared for this life and this world Yet another man a vision comes to mind. Martin Luther King American pastor and civil rights leader who in a speaks in 1963 railed against the injustice of racial and social discrimination in his nation he said that he had a dream one day all barriers between people would be broken down. His speech reached a climax when he said, I have a dream that one day every valley will be exalted, every mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. All people will see it together. He was quoting the prophet Isaiah and predicting that in God's good times, this reconciliation of people would happen. Isaiah spoke these words of comfort to God's people decades before Haggai and at a time when they were facing God's judgment. Destruction of their nation, their cities, their temple. Now they are facing exile in a foreign land. Isaiah brought them the assurance that God's purposes would not be thwarted. Their despair would pass and there would be new life and new hope. And in God's time, a remnant returned to rebuild what was lost. God was building his house of glory, not just the temple of stone and timber, but the living temple, the body of faithful people who God would restore into his church. That restoration found its fulfillment in the coming of Jesus Christ. In him, God came in person to further build his spiritual house. Jesus lived a perfect life. He took the principles of life that God desired for his people. He demonstrated that life in action and reaching out to people's hearts and minds urged them to believe that following his attempt was the only way to live in the peace and harmony they were intended to enjoy since the beginning of time. Jesus and made a vision of life as God intended it to be. And he made it clear the dreams of a meaningful and purposeful future life were not figments of imagination, but a definite reality for all who believed in him and trusted his words. When he died, it was possible that, just like other great leaders and visionaries before him, All the hopes and dreams and visions he espoused would die with him. Even some of his closest followers thought they had. And it might have been true if it had not been for one thing Jesus returned to life, proving to all the onlookers and indeed to all the world that not even death could destroy what he had initiated. Now, it was clear that all that he purposed was not wishful thinking, but a permanent and eternal reality. Nothing could stop God from building a spiritual house of glory in his people. In the second letter that St. Peter wrote, he describes believers as living stones, <coughs> who derive their life from Christ the original living stone, the one to whom they have come. The house of glory is invisible, but it is formed by the Holy Spirit who lives in each believer. Every stone in this house has been made alive by the Holy Spirit, sent by the exalted living stone, Jesus Christ as God's house of glory. Believers are called to reflect the holiness of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. They are to offer spiritual sacrifices and a variety of offerings. Offerings of themselves. Offerings of money and material goods. Offerings of service and good deeds. Offerings of praise and thanksgiving. They are to intercede to God on behalf of the world and of other people. They are to present God to our fellow human beings. Thus, Peter conveys the vision that believers are living stones that make up a spiritual temple in which, as a holy people, they offer up spiritual sacrifices to God through faith in Jesus. Each one transformed into a new creation through a complete renewing of mind and heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. Martin Luther King, in language to the his day, drew on this vision of the reality of God's house of glory as he brought his famous speech to man. With this faith, he said, we will be able to transform the genuine discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. Today I'd like to leave you with some suggestions for your prayers and encourage us all to pray for the continuing growth in the number of the redeemed in God's house to be praying for the conversion of the hearts and minds of people who deny the reality of God and of God, of His Son, Jesus Christ, and eternal life. And pray for the insight to discern the pedigree of ideas and visions that faith-filled people might recognise those that originate in God and those that come from a different source. Thank God continually that He has called each of us into life in His house of glory through the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Just join me in prayer. Amen. Lead us, Heavenly Father, lead us. All the world's tempestuous sleep. Guard us, guide us, keep us, feed us, for we have no but live. Amen. Let us now stand and firm our hands.